Hello and welcome to another episode of A Load of Old Waffle, where we waffle on about all things film and TV. I'm Mike. I'm Katie. Hello. And uh, this is a weekly a weekly series again, after a, a three to four month absence. We're, we're committed again. And <laughs> as always, we will start with Katie's trivia round. Um, I've missed this a lot. Honestly, I think I was winning from the overall episode. Maybe we should start keeping score now, overall. Okay. Um, so just like one person wins and gets one Start point fresh. per week. Yeah. Okay. Um, these are quite easy. These questions because we, some of these films we watched a while ago, so I couldn't go too hard like with character names and stuff because she just wouldn't remember. Um, I appreciate that because I wouldn't. The this one is an easy one because we watched this one the most recently. Okay. Where is Talk to Me set? Just a country, not a city. America. Nope. <gasps> Australia. So that was so, that was the absolute banker I gave you. So that's zero out of one. Oh, uh, I just didn't think properly, Mike. Could you give me three weapons used in The Blackening? These are all the films we'll talk about later, by the way. Um, and uh, for reference, I have a picture of the poster up where they're all holding the weapon that they use most significantly in the film. Uh, well, there's like a crossbow in there. Yeah, the crossbow. Um, shit. Knife? Yep. That's two. Okay, Quite a lot of generic on. household items in there. Oh, like a big candlestick or something. I'll give it you. I'll give it your candlestick. It's like, yeah, it probably is a candlestick. It's that it's statue candlestick S thing. Other options included uh, a meat. Is it called a meat, meat cleaver? A meat cleaver, yeah. I was going to say a meat basher, but that's not right. A rolling pin. Uh, one of them uses like arrows as claws, like Wolverine. Oh, yuck. Um, a fire poker. And I think that's a hatchet. Great film. We'll talk about it later. And so that's one one. Okay. All comes down to this for the first point of the of the of the new series. <laughs> uh, what grows in the family's garden in cobweb? Pumpkins. Yep. There you go. Two one nil. K it going in. I can't uh, believe I didn't get that first one. I'm upset on myself. It should have been a full house. I just didn't. You, know, you actually you didn't get the one I most expected you to get. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. So that means you get to pick the trailer we talk about first this week. In fact, Ooh. I'll go through what everything we're talking about this first. Uh, we're going to be covering the trailers for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, uh, Fall of the House of Usher, and Lessons in Chemistry. We've got a bit of news to talk about, uh, including Oppenheimer becoming the most successful biopic ever. Uh, Drew Barrymore's show and other talk shows have postponed the premieres uh, due to the backlash of the writer's strike and everything, and we'll get into that. Uh, there's two directors who are rumoured to be in the front running to direct Secret Wars, um, not the next yeah. Avengers film, the one after. Uh, and then we'll be reviewing Talk To Me, The Blackening, and Cobweb. Lovely. Uh, but because Katie won the Katie trivia round, she gets to pick which trailer we talk about first. I would like to pick Aquaman, please. Aquaman? Yeah. Okay. Uh, start us off then. So Aquaman is a dad now, and a husband, and he's the guy in charge of Atlantis and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing, like, fish stuff. Doing loads of fish stuff. <laughs> loads of fish stuff. I think this looks really good. It does look really good. I was surprised actually um, how good the effects looked. That is the main thing that surprised me, given like the flash and. Yeah, but I mean, it's not fair really because the original Iron Man was uh, Iron Man. <laughs> the real, the original <laughs> Iron Man was great. That, that is worth mentioning. The original mentioning. Aquaman was pretty good. That would be all right. No, yeah, I, I liked um, Aquaman. I thought it was overly long. Um, well, but yeah, like all, all are, are yeah. But I thought actually thought Aquaman was fun. And yeah, it, it I made... liked it as well. But it's not. I'm tainting Aquaman with the the flash and. Oh god! All the, the, the other, well, the, all the last six to seven flops in yeah, a row. Yeah, all been shit. So. We haven't seen Blue Beetle yet, by the way. We'll talk about that next week. We did what? say that last week, but we actually will talk about it next week because it's now on. You can buy it on digital. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, so... Yeah, I was expecting it to be bad because of all the flops recently, but actually, Aquaman has a good track record, so we should be yeah. giving it a bit, bit more yeah, credit. Yeah, the first film made a billion, um, I think. Can't believe they released it sooner, but I suppose they all they well, heard shit. Yeah, and there were all the rumours that it was bad, and I think they lost confidence. They barely marketed Blue Beetle, obviously, after The Flash. It's weird that they put all the trust behind The Flash rather than... Aquaman. Well, James Gunn said it was like the best film he'd seen ever. Yeah, I, th- I think that for me personally is what has put me off the other two that followed most because like, Why if he's clearly lying to us like that and that's the one that he's given the most praise. He said politely that Shazam was shit. Yeah, he did. He, he barely like, mentioned Shazam, exists. yeah. Shazam oh, is out. Why. No, I don't understand yeah. why. And again, like you said, obviously they've made a conscious decision to barely put Amber Heard in this trailer. Mm-hmm. She's in... Uh, one brief shot. We've watched it twice watched now. It you twice barely notice her. I've not spotted her either time. <laughs> uh, and obviously the, the line where he's like, I'm a husband and a dad. You'd assume he's married to her character. I think she's called Mira. Um, and again, that's a bit weird to me that they, they obviously were happy to have Ezra Miller be star of mm. Flash. But then with the Amber Heard stuff, they're like, ooh, ooh. Well, maybe that's why it's taken so long for it to come out because they've been so busy learning from that mistake and editing her out. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how much she's in it. I I, I, I kind of expect a maybe an early death or something. Um, mm. Or it's just like, oh, she's off doing something else. But um, all yeah. in all, anyway. I think this looks good. I think I like the, uh, the fact that Patrick Wilson's back. Obviously, he was the main baddie yeah. in the first one, and they become like a dynamic duo. Mm. It's like a buddy cop film. You know, like <laughs> one's, one's fun and loud and one's grumpy and old except they're probably the same age patrick wilson's yeah. mega ripped in this by the way yeah he did mega ripped, ripped. Um, saying, Jason Momoa's well ripped, yeah well yeah don't want to bore so people what they already aquaman. know yeah he is it's good he casting aquaman, it's a yeah, shame that he won't be aquaman in the future Lo- the people think he's going to be lobo which is a different character um which Why i think is aquaman? weird i don't know it's, it's so such, a, such a strange situation. I mean, we talked about it when they announced the slate and everything, but it's just bizarre. I also really like the look of Black Manta as the baddie. He was in um, the first one in like a smaller villain role. Oh, nice. So I like the idea of you introduce like a, a smaller villain in the first one and then bring him back to really shine in the mm. sequel. That's something like they don't really do very much anymore yeah, now. just kind of ran... I mean, I get it. It has to follow that certain kind of formula, but they just seem to randomly introduce someone who's a big Yeah, it's always someone new, isn't it? Yeah. Really quickly and then it's gone. But yeah, I like that as well. It's a bit of, bit of planning that DC have been lacking. Yeah. Um, so, excited overall? Yeah, I am actually. I mean, it's one of the, like, three blockbusters left to come out this year. Yeah, You've got left, that, the Marvels, and probably Wonka. Do you know what? I'm actually more excited for this than the Marvels. It's a better trailer than either of the Marvels trailers, definitely. Yeah. Um... And the Marvels obviously comes out first, so, you know, the strike is more likely to be resolved by the time Aquaman comes out than by the time the Marvels comes it's out. It's not so. end of December, is it? So no, mid-December. no, mid-December, yes. I think it's the 16th. Um, and it'll do well just because of the Christmas buzz, people looking for things yeah. to do. I, I think this one will make money. I think this one will clear 500 million, I think. Yeah. It'd um, be a shame for the Marvels to be a massive flop. The only problem this one will have is Wonka is also out at around Christmas time and I think Wonka will really dominate. I think that'll do really well with nothing else being Definitely. out and, you know, a fun little musical by the guy who made Paddington, so, you know, by a genius. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm excited for it though. Yeah, I am too. Let's move on to something else I think looks quite good. Uh, the Fall of the House of Usher, which straight away, just change the last name. Usher just makes me think of Usher. I know, it's funny. It's such an uncommon name. I kept thinking it was Asher. 
And then they'll go, no, that definitely says Usher. <laughs> uh, this looks good. And obviously it's by, um, is he called Mike Flanagan? He is the guy who made Hill House and Gerald's Game and Bly Manor and uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I think my one negative with this trailer, and I think it will just be the trailer more than the actual show is, it seems like it doesn't know what tone it's going for. Mm. It's like, you know, it goes from like, like people who are so unself-aware that you're kind of just laughing at them and then all of a sudden someone's face has been burnt off quite horrifically. Yeah. Which I think in a series, in like, you know, eight 40-minute episodes, whatever it's going to be, you can balance that out. It's obviously hard to do in a trailer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love how creepy and weird it looks. But I remember yeah. Hill House and Blind Man both kind of fell flat for me towards the end. I'm kind of worried this will do the same. Blind Manor definitely did for me more so than Hill House. I thought Hill House was... Really good. Yeah, Hill House was really good. Blind Man was alright, pretty good. Hill House was Hill House had one of the best jump scares ever as well. Do you remember when she jumps out of the car? Like they're just chatting in the front. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean Mike Flanagan can do horror in his sleep. I I I know Doctor Sleep kinda flopped at the box office. I think that's an unbelievable film. Gerald's game. Yeah. That moonlight man or whatever he's called in that genuinely still scares me the thought of him. Um Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like that he recycles all the same characters. <laughs> that was another point I wanted to make. Yeah, it's just like a, other than Mark Hamill, obviously, uh, Luke Skywalker, mm. it is just a who's who of people who've been in other things he's done. Mm. Which is fair enough. Like, you must just work with him and think, you're good at your job and I get on well with you. You can come Please back. Come I mean, back. and all directors yeah. do it to some extent. Like, yeah. there was that big thing of when James Gunn got the job and said that he'd probably bring, you know, the Guardians people on with him and everyone was like, oh, you can't do that. You know, you've got to work with new people. Why? No, Why? Every director yeah, has I mean, favourites. Yeah, that's fair, but I, it would be nice to give somebody new a chance. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with carrying all the cats. No, like I think... Said, if you don't know someone, like... Yeah, I mean... You it, know, like, like, way like your haircuts, so you go back to them, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you are an actor trying to break in, it obviously makes it more difficult for you, but then it also means that once you're in, you're more than likely, you know, you've yeah, got a pretty reliable work. Yeah, so... It, you just got. I suppose you just got to get in and do a good job and make a good impression. Like any, like anything. Mm. Like you said, like a hairdresser's, like a uh, a sandwich shop. Would your you favorite brand of KFC. Shop near us. Mm-hmm. Like there's like uh, three Indians, three Indian restaurants as well near us. One of them doesn't do well. Going to try a different Indian restaurant next time. Very true. True They're taste has got to be careful. Nice, um, what are we? Well, yeah. So excited. Yeah. I, I think this is one of them where there's been a couple. The last thing he did, we gave one episode. It was that one where it was like teens in a hospice. Oh God, what was that called? Midnight no. Library, something. Some, no. no, not the Midnight Library, but it's something like it wasn't Midnight Mass. Yeah, it's another one he's done. But anyway, we watched two episodes of that and kind of gave up. Yeah, just, I don't so, know what was missing with that for me, but that's. A bit yeah, I don't think it was bad. It just didn't grip us, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I th- I'm excited for this, and yeah. that I imagine it all drops at once, so we might even be talking about that in like a month's time. Is that mid October? Yeah, October twelfth. And the day later, we get the episode of Lessons in Chemistry, starring Brie Larson. What a Cheese Larson. <laughs> uh, that was a good joke, because so the name's Brie, and Brie's also a type of cheese, for anyone who didn't get it. I'm so glad you explained it. I don't it was a, it was a, it was a thinker. It. it was a real thinker. Um, what do you think of this one? Uh, I think it looks good. I think Apple TV has got a very good rep- reputation for me, personally. I agree. I think I would not watch this unless it was if it, if it was any other streaming sites I probably wouldn't watch it because it doesn't look overly interesting to me um, yeah 
I, originally I thought it was a true story, but then it just said based on the global phenomenon, so I assume it's a book. It must be. Like, I wish it that someone told me what phenomenon it was. Like, yeah, um, that'd be But no, I, th- I think Brie Larson's a really good actress. She obviously gets so much stick for Captain Marvel, um, which I think is stupid, but... Agreed. I think the rest of the cast looks really good as well. Um, the guy who I think she marries in it, he was in Good Times at the El Royale. Bad Times at the El Royale. Bad Times. <laughs> Maybe it was Good Times. Summit at the El Royale. They had a time. Um... <laughs> And that, that was really, he was really good in that. Um, and another little thing to point out, there's like a dog rooting through a trash and then it seems like they just adopt it. So big that, win. That was a big turn in the trailer yeah. for me as I was invested by that point. And then the dog was there pretty frequently. So I think they have a very happy life with the dog, mm. um, which is always good. It seemed, yeah, it seemed like, I don't know if it was, is it biopic that's the right word? Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Or was it about like um, a certain... Well, that's what I mean, because I can't... If if it's a true story, it is a biopic. If it's based on a book, then it yeah, it's just a... That's why I was confused. Just a character piece. The trailer started off in a lab. Well, yeah, I think that's the point that she was... And then she becomes a a cooking host. Yeah, I think that's because of the times. Like, she was obviously a genius in chemistry, but obviously was dismissed because she, you know, she was a dame. She was was abroad. She was a... Goddamn woman. Or or other old-timey American words for woman. Damsel. She was a yeah, damsel alas. Uh so you know, she obviously can't do serious chemistry stuff. But she mm. can cook. Mm. You know, she can cook and teach the other wives how to cook and you know. And cook they shall. Cook they shall, because the men are the men are working hard. Don't need no broad not cooking tea when they get home. I do always love something with a bit of an angry feminist in it. Yeah, yeah. Um in fact, that's not even fair to call an angry feminist. No, just, yeah, just yeah, just sick, telling them to get sick fucked. of it. She's sick of it, is what she is. Anyway. Oh, I think we can guarantee at least she'll tell at least two people to get fucked. I think. I love it when um, someone's a dickhead and someone calls them out for it. That's what I'm trying to say. In life and in art. In every form. In every film. Favorite scene of anything? Uh, when a bully gets beaten up. Oh, love it. Guy being a dick gets beaten up later on. I love Perfect. it. In Stranger Things when she smacked that girl with a rollerblade and you said that was too far. Well, she did break her face essentially. Don't be a bitch then. Well, she shouldn't have been a bitch. No, that is. There is that, yeah. You are right. You shouldn't be a bitch. There was good comeuppance, but then I hate that horrible feeling because you know she's gone too far. Yeah, she... And I'm like, why do I feel like shit? Because she... That, she <laughs> it. Why do I feel like shit? <laughs> why has this ruined my day? <laughs> uh, news. Should we start with the the sad writer strike stuff? Well, it's not sad. It's just ongoing. Well, it's a sad situation. It's ongoing and it's yeah, frust- massively frustrating. Uh, because writers and actors should just be paid what they deserve to be paid. One of us is going on like, oh no, we're going to lose between 300 and 500 million because of the writer's strike. It would cost them 45 million to honour every demand. It is um, absurd. It's ridiculous. I can't believe the audacity of them to complain about it when it is literal, they'd be peanuts to them. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's a principle. They just want to say like, no, we're in charge. Yeah. We have I the power. how good that first company will look. A24 have done it. A24 have signed it. up for it. That's why they can still release and market, talk to me and... Crazy. It's They're crazy. tapping into the market really well, actually, because no one else can do it. Exactly, yeah. That's well, why. Yeah, that's that's probably part of the reason Talk To Me did so well. I mean, it yeah. was another big hit for them. It's such a good company, A24. It's, it uh, anyway, so Drew Barrymore's kind of become the face of this because she's an actor. So she's also in the Actors Union as well. She's mm-hmm. had a talk show, I think it's called the Drew Barrymore Show. That and a couple of others announced that they were coming back. Um, obviously met with huge backlash. The others are like the Jennifer Hudson talk show and one just called The Talk. So they're all coming back, but without writers. So it would just be the hosts just like well, improvising. and right, yeah. Okay. Um, so 
obviously there was massive backlash. There were reports of like people trying to get into the Drew Barrymore show wearing a WGA pin, which is obviously the Writers Guild of America, and like security taking them off them and not letting them wear them and frisking them and then you know checking every all the bags and everything the next day. So then Drew Barrymore released a video saying. Um, I'm just trying to do it because we did it during the pandemic and, you know, I just want to make the show got eviscerated online. Like, I saw people quote tweeting it like, a good writer could have made this sound genuine and loads uh. of stuff like that. So she deleted that and then now that show has been postponed completely, it won't film until after the writer's strike and neither will the others that announced they were coming back. Oh dear. Um, so I think all in all, you know, like, it's good that Drew Barrymore listened and kind of took the lesson. It's bad that she was willing yeah. to go back at first, but you know you can only judge someone on whether they. Well, you can only judge someone on whether they're willing to learn, can't you? And she, she was. I like that, Mike. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Ah, so she's great in Scream, so I don't want to be mad at her. No, that's true. I don't want to be mad. And at I like her in Fifty First Dates as well, when she beats that guy with a baseball bat. Oh, it's just dicey ground, isn't it? Like it's it's something that you would think they would have had the fall for. It seems like common sense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the most frustrating thing. I think it's. It seems like it's just an easy situation. Got all the shit and backed out of it and like learnt your lesson. Fair play. Well, yeah, I I think the Jennifer Hudson and the Talk ones, they wouldn't have got anywhere near as much flack because they're not technically in either of the guilds. The people that are coming back, I think most of it has fallen on Drew Barrymore because she's technically well, she's obviously in the Actors Guild. I know that presenting isn't technically acting. So it is no, like she made a career off acting. Hasn't exactly, she? yeah. She wouldn't have that without. She wouldn't have the show without the acting, would she? And so, it's like you say, it's a tricky one, and um, it's crazy that it's still going on. I think the writers have been striking for four, five months now. Actors have been striking for coming up on three. Maybe it is obscene. maybe the writers have been striking for like six months. Um, and if you look at the upcoming dates, we were we were looking through our Odeon apps the other day to just try and be like, oh, what are we gonna go yeah, and see in the rest of the year. Lot. It is absolute dregs at the minute. Shrek 2 was on the other day. Like, they are just like, what can we throw out to fill yeah. some time here? People aren't watching Barbie anymore. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to... Everyone has seen it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's just crazy. But, you know, common sense it is clearly common isn't sense. prevailing in the sense that they've just not agreed to the demands. Um, How long is it going to go on for? It's, I don't think anyone expects it to go on for this long. Um but what's interesting is, like, obviously, Warner Brothers are the company who own Aquaman, which is released in this December, they've confirmed. But they also pulled June from its October release date. So mm-hmm. either A, they're just saying, we don't expect Aquaman to make any money anyway. That's this gives exactly us an excuse, which yeah. I think is what they do with Blue Beetle. Or they think the strike's going to end sometime October, November, and then they'll be, like, the first big blockbuster that can be promoted. And they ah. can get Jason Moore in the, stu- in the, in the you know, the hot ones and it's probably a bit of both i think i think it's probably a bit of both i don't think anyone expects it to go to towards the back at the real back end of the year I, i'd be really surprised if november december it's still going on because studios are really starting to struggle now and i think the That's fact the that they couldn't even bring talk shows back that will be mm, a real red true. flag that for them exactly yeah because now it's like it's it's kind of affecting everything that they're putting out mm. and I mean, it is it is just baffling we, we could fill a full three-hour podcast episode of just talking about how ridiculous film studios are. But they make so much money. It's like... It's crazy. It's like a football crazy. Bit. Like, they make so much money. And fair play, like, if that's the pricey job, then cool, but... Yeah. Not me. It is crazy. a bit of compassion, like... Warner Brothers are technically have had a good year. 
which is the craziest thing. Even though Blue Beetle and the Flash both flops, the Flash are mega flops. That's an obscene. They're bad. Money must they have? Yeah, That's what I mean. Really but they can happily just throw money away on film. The last six, to, I mean, the last seven DCU what, what, films have all flopped. On the Flash. It must if be you, like if, a quarter no. of a billion on all the DC films. I think you're probably being low side there. I reckon. Uh, but exactly. That's what I mean. What yeah. Best before like forty-five million in comparison. Well, to that 40, it would work out at forty-five million. I think. Yeah, that's what it's I read. Pe- that's absolute peanuts. Too. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, anyway. Yeah. Moving on to Oppenheimer. In good news, uh, it has passed Bohemian Rhapsody, a film that is massively better than. So this makes sense <laughs> to become the most, uh, well, the highest-grossing biopic ever made. Uh, it's now cleared nine hundred million. Wow, well done, Oppenheimer. Is a crazy figure, really, for a three-hour-long film about a scientist, that is and not even like a scientist that. who gets powers halfway through the film either. Not like one of those scientists. This is yeah. just a just a boring scientist who might well be a what might he be? Communist. That's it. I always I can yeah, never yeah, remember the word. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like it's Christopher Nolan power in it. I mean, there was the demands when he went to. Uh, he went to Universal, didn't he? Because he'd obviously he'd been with Warner Brothers, and then Universal, he, Warner Brothers fucked him off with the putting everything straight onto HBO Max thing. Mm, oh yeah. So he went to Universal, and his listed of demands was like it needed to have uh, a window either side. I can't remember how many days it was when no other Universal films came out that oh. period to compete with it. It needed um, a guaranteed, however long theatrical run, like loads of just guarantees, and they obviously gone with it and it is paid off massively yeah well done just trust just if you've got a big name who's only made good stuff and tenet trust him <laughs> um yeah well done very good film like you said just the whole premise of it actually making that much money is a bit crazy yeah i think they also want it to barbie yeah that, yeah that and is definitely well. i think it hyped both of them up yeah i think they both probably made maybe between 100 to 200 million more i would say because of barbenheimer yeah uh, and finally, oh, we have legendary some. Legendary time to be alive. It is a legendary time to be alive. You are right. We have some Secret Wars rumored directors. So that <laughs> is going to be the sixth Avengers film because the fifth one is going to be the Kang Dynasty oh. or Dynasty, depending on however whichever country you're from, because people say that word differently. And number six is going to be Secret Wars, the one where okay. you expect to see Maguire, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield and okay. Hugh Jackman's That's Wolverine. Really far and, down the line, yeah. Um, so the two names in contention uh, ooh do you want to play guess the director I'll give you some clues I know one of them's a Spider-Man guy can you give me his name Sam Raimi yeah nice uh, the other one is also in the process of making a superhero film at the minute that means nothing to me the superhero in question wears a red suit and carries two swords oh Deadpool mm-hmm. I don't know who it is though he also made Free Guy and he's done several episodes of Stranger Things. His oh, name... Sean Levy. It is Sean Levy. There you go. Look at me. My next clue was his first name rhymes with prawn. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well done. Um, what are your thoughts? I've forgotten the real question. <laughs> no, no. There's that, 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 that no real question. Uh, it's the both in contention oh, to well, the secret both, ones. They're, they're both mint, aren't they? Yeah, I... I, mean, I will lead to two very different styles, though. I would go... I would like to see Raimi get it because I think his style's more distinct. And I think the best part about mm. Multiverse of Madness was his weird visual style of, like, the camera going right into Wanda's eye and all the cool transitions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was probably... But it'd be nice to see Sean Levy get to do a superhero film. Well, he's doing Deadpool 3 at the minute, though. Oh, yeah. 
So I suppose maybe maybe you wait and see how well Deadpool three does before, but I think you can't really wait that long. To... Sam Raimi's a safe pair. Isn't he? He's a safe pair of hands, and he's it's well they're both safe pairs, so that's not fair. But the multiverse of madness. To... Yeah, it to me felt like the most individual Marvel film in terms of style. Like it felt like I was watching a Sam Raimi film rather than just a generic. I know what you mean. Actually. I thought the Eternals kind of had that feel as well. Yeah, but. I think the fact that obviously they trusted him enough to say like you know you don't just have to come in and do exactly you know paint by the numbers type thing just with your name on it we will give you a little bit of rain here to to let him do all his weirdness yeah. yeah especially for multiverse madness absolutely necessary for that type of film I think so I think that worked really well and all the reports are saying that in the next two Avengers films Doctor Strange is going to be one of the big leaders of the team probably with Captain Marvel. So I think now that you've seen that he can do Doctor Strange, I think that's probably a good way of doing it. It's like what about Sorcerer Supreme though? Because he's not even that. No, that's Wong. Exactly. Well, Wong will probably be too busy. No, he'll be in it. I don't. Well, yeah, that's a good point. To be fair, yeah, It'll maybe. Be Wong, really? Maybe they'll write him out in like a, there's another smaller thing going on, and he's too busy. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Actually, I hadn't thought of that. Mm. You only know that through watching No Way Home the other day, don't that's you? Exactly. <laughs> uh, right, review time. Should we talk about Cobweb first? Work our way to talk to me? Yeah. Uh, Cobweb. This was weird as fuck. What was it about? Oh, it, this was about um, a little boy who is hearing things in the night, supposedly. His mum and dad are absolutely horrible about it. Oh, they are. They are absolutely, yeah, and He's real got freaks. He's a lovely teacher who's trying to support him. Mm-hmm. Not and a then, freak. Um, the noises in the wall kind of get worse into he's talking to someone. And he, it's not like he's hearing voices, it's like a physical being. Mm-hmm. And the film progresses and builds in scary tension and shit, and we find out what's in the wall. Yep. Uh, I like the, like the line, this is, in, this is common in, in film breakdowns. And then the film progresses. <laughs> <laughs> and then some other shit happens. And mm-hmm. then, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I liked this. It was messy and a bit... I feel like there was a better idea in there than the, the, the film I agree. unearthed. Um, but no, it was quite genuinely uncomfortable in parts. I thought uh, it's Anthony Starr and Lizzie Kaplan, is she called them, Mum? Not sure. They were really good and really unnerving and, yeah, really weird performances. Like, yeah. Not but weird in a good way, obviously. Like No, I agree. I think it was the tension was so... It had such a weird energy about it. It just didn't quite deliver. Yeah. Um, so to d- dive into spoilers, what it is, is they've had a baby who is like seemingly part spider or something. Or like she's she she's, she looks like a spider. How, how would you describe it? I think that's all you can say. Yeah. Um, and, and so they were obviously, they were disgusted by her. So they lock her in this little room that is like adjacent to the boys' room. So obviously then, oh, our dog has arrived and he's trying to kiss the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, so she starts like communicating with him and saying, "Oh, mum and dad are really bad. You know, they'll they'll do this to you eventually." And so then, in my favourite scene of the film, I know as well. He's he's very lonely. He's got no friends. Yeah, so he's very susceptible. So he's very vulnerable. Isn't he? Yeah, so like a lad, he gets bullied all the time, and then the girl in the wall tells him to fight back. So he pushes a lad at a, a park or something and breaks his leg, which he obviously didn't mean. But deserve. yeah, the d- d- deserve <laughs> bully scene that we were talking about earlier. 
So then he gets pulled out of school, so then he really has no friends. But this teacher is, like, worried about him. She could kind of send something to his off to these absolute freak parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my favourite scene of the film, when he's finally realised that he finally thinks, okay, you're right, these parents might kill me. Um, he just kills them both with rat poison, puts rat poison in the soup. Yeah. But it's a really fun scene where, like, just for a while, uh, Homelander just keeps going, this soup tastes a little different. Yeah, <laughs> Did you put something else in the soup? Like, no, I didn't do anything. And for, like, a minute, I was like, this is such a weird scene. Like, have they just run out of plot? Are we just now talking about soup? Yeah. Never once did it click to me that something actually serious might be happening. I just thought it was a nonsense scene. and loved it. Yeah, well, yeah, but I feel like it could, it just could have delivered more. Like, I would have liked in that scene for, because you know the mum and dad fought. Yeah. And then it would have been good for it to twist and they actually, they're not, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, because obviously then he goes and lets the, the sister out, the spider person. And um, at the same time, the the boy whose leg he broke earlier has brought like his older brothers around to beat up this child. Um, so they're all in the house. The spider one starts killing all them, and like that is a really good scene. I liked yeah. the, the spider person is genuinely really scary, <laughs> like yeah. really scary. But there's, it, it it does just leave you wanting something more. I just didn't feel like like. I know it's not supposed to be realistic, but the fact that it's a spider baby, I'm just a bit like, um, how am I meant to get behind that? No, that wasn't my problem, because I think you can, stuff like that in horror, you can take, but can't like, you? But clips, like it was like he was having a bad dream from an alternate universe, seeing his mum and dad in a weird Yeah, state. she had like long nails and stuff. I, I, just, I just feel like it's really clunky. It didn't all quite fit together. Very yeah, well. that I agree with definitely. It was mismatched ideas, and I think it might have been more interesting if did either. It might have been interesting if he was being led on, but rather than try and be a twist that the parents were actually good, well, not good, but mm. they weren't as bad as the spider person. It might have been better if we saw like the parents feeding the spider person, so we knew. It was a spider. Yeah. And and him not to trust it, but he didn't. Because I feel like the fake out of like, oh, good, now he's done it. Because it comes at like the hour mark. You know, okay, obviously, so that's she's the baddie. And you kind of sense it all along anyway. So I don't know. I think maybe it would have just added a bit more jeopardy if we would have known. Like, no, don't do that. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think what you said was best. It was, it was a bit of a hodgepodge of ideas, but there were a lot of good performances. The kid in it was really good as well. Um, yeah. the teacher was good it's a shame because it was right it looked really well, really good all the acting was really good yeah it just yeah the story was just lacking for me really yeah maybe it was but a bit I rushed I didn't find it that scary I think the the cobweb girl looked yeah. really freaky you yeah. did get a good look at her which um, I liked because like yeah. you said about the boogeyman kind of takes away the scare if you see it too yeah. much yeah. and this balanced that perfectly yeah it did <coughs> but Ah, yeah, the story just wasn't wasn't giving it to me. And the the build up scenes I didn't didn't find scary. Like I wasn't watching it behind my hands. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, through my fingers, sort of thing. Uh, what would you give it? Uh, I've just gone back on my letterbox to check because we watched this film a while ago, mm-hmm. and I gave it so we read out of ten on yep. here. So I gave it a two and a half on. So you'd give it a five. I'd give it a five, and I, I stand by that. Yeah, I think a five's fair. I think. Um... I actually think it could have dealt with maybe it could have been improved if it was a little bit longer and you maybe just fleshed some of the stuff out a yeah, bit more because yeah. it even ended on like uh, they, they lock 
Cobweb. I don't know if she was called Cobweb, but why else would the film be called Cobweb? They lo- well, that's what I mean. That didn't really make sense either. Well, I think it's because she looked like a big spider. And I don't know. If you call it Spider Girl. Well, spider no. Girl in a cupboard. It gives away the twist a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, <laughs> I think uh, you could have fleshed stuff out more. And yeah, I think a five's fair. And I probably wouldn't recommend it. No. Unfortunately. Not because, especially because this week is accidentally focused on horror and the other two horror weeks week. are significantly better. Yes. Uh, it's a shame, I really wanted to like it, but... Which brings us on to, which is my favourite of the three films that we watched, uh, The Blackening. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really, really fun. Are you gonna... Probably, probably in my... It's probably a bit for us. Yeah, but it's probably in my top three cinema experiences of the year so far. Because it was, it was a small screen, but it was quite full. Yeah. And it's just something about watching like a funny film with people there that just makes it funnier. Yeah, um, I agree. So this is a group of old friends who I would say are probably in the 30s now. Yeah. Friends from college. Uh, and they have organised a get-together. So they're going to like a cabin in the woods. Um, but there's drama in the group. Uh, like someone's got back with an ex who their friend doesn't like and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Love, love, yeah. Love um, but to the first scene is the two people who organised it arriving there first, and then all of a sudden something weird happened, and they're like pulled into a back room where there's this board game called the Blackening, and they have to play it, and it's really racist, and then someone kills them. So you obviously know from the start that these people arriving at the cabin are in danger. But it, what I liked about it was it let you have a lot of time with the characters to understand all the relationships and how the group mm. works, and it really did feel like friends. Like, it really felt like, you yeah, know, you were watching just a group of people who'd known each other forever. Um, and then, obviously, they are eventually pulled into that room to play the Blackening as well. And the shit hits the fan. It does indeed. The film progresses. The film, from that point on, <laughs> other stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, I like this a lot. What, what do you think? I loved it as well. I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. It looked really good. All the acting was really good. I was a bit concerned at the start that there was too many characters in it, but actually, like you said, they were all fleshed out quite well. Yeah, because... Especially because I reckon it was probably only, like, what, 100 minutes? Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, spoilers, again, um, quite unusual. No, None of the main characters other than the two at the start die. Yeah. So, like, the seven you're introduced to, because, like I said, there's a lot of scenes of fleshing out the dynamics, and it kind of felt like, oh, this is strange, because normally you'd get to know four of them. And yeah. three would just be background personalities, and you're like, okay, they're, they're the three that'll die. Yeah. And then maybe one of the four that we know will die. But this, like, you got to know them all evenly. Um, I think my favourite was King. Oh, yeah. He was like, no, I don't have a gun on me. I'm not I'm not in my into that anymore. And then did <laughs> from the shit of the fan. Um, this is my fa- no, that was my favourite thing about the whole film, actually, that none of them died, because obviously it's playing on the... Yeah, it played on the trope, on the didn't it? Yeah, that exactly. The, yeah, the black character generally dies first. Yeah, well, that was on the tagline for the poster, like we can't all die first. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's playing into that. Um, there was there was is that stereotype. Yeah. Is that word? yeah, well, yeah, there was one joke in it which is so stupid. A character I can't actually remember which make of car it was, but he just says it in a way that it's so clearly obviously wrong. I think it's like Hyundai, and he calls oh, yeah. it something <laughs> really like. I can't even I can't even I can't say what he calls it to make the joke, but it I, it made me piss because it was so stupid. But it's it really, really it's really clever comedy. It's like it's a mix of comedy as well. Like there's moments like that where it's stupid comedy. There's really witty jokes. There's like kind of slapstick stuff. Like a King gets shot with the crossbow, 
And then when the girl's trying to pull it out from behind him, she like yanked it out so hard and accidentally stabs herself with it. Yeah. Like it's just a really, really well put together film with like all around great performances. So well written. It was um, really funny. You kind of, uh, the one th- maybe negative is I think from the start, it's a little obvious who the bad guy is. Yeah. What Who's really orchestrating it. And we but both I said I that. Yeah. I, I, like I was saying before, I really liked that no one died because it was going against the stereotypes. But yeah. this one, um, this one, this, um, what Mike's talking about, I thought was good because you assume that he's the baddie. Yeah. And because the film is going against all the stereotypical tropes, you assume it can't be Yeah, him. true. And yeah. obviously it ends up being him. So it, it kind of, it, it does work. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that actually. It, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So um, like, thinking ahead of going against all the stereotypes of generic horror films that actually yeah. does kind of work. Yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I'm trying to think I'll of... probably do some sort of sequel. I'm I not wish, sure how it'd work. I wish I could remember what, that, how he said that. What, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it afterwards. Uh, <laughs> I might edit it in just at the end. I'll just say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, I would really recommend it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, really... It, it's just, I mean, horror's just so popular at the minute, but seeing something like that, which... It's so good to see, like, a neat, so, someone do something new and interesting. Yeah, horror, exactly. It kind of feels like... you want from stereotypical horror. I mean, it's obviously very... Yeah, it's very different to this, but it kind of feels like the modern, like, Shaun of the Dead, where it's, like, taking a trope that's worn to death, like the zombie, yeah. like Shaun of the Dead did with zombies, and putting a completely fresh spin on it. Like, this took, like, the cabin in the woods group of friends returning yeah, oh yeah. no something's gone wrong and put its own spin on it and it's so good and yeah, yeah I, I'd love love to see a sequel and I bet you could you could probably do it I mean it, I don't know if it'd be as good but yeah it was I really really enjoyed it uh, what what would you give it? Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10 I think I'd go 8.5 I really really enjoyed yeah, it yeah I think I agree actually Um, and I would definitely recommend it yeah watch it it's very funny because it's not like even though it's not properly scary there probably are, I think there's a couple of good jump scares and good tense moments. Yeah, this is like perfect kind of warming up to Halloween season time. Yeah, yeah, it's not you're not gonna sit there and like hide behind your hands or like you said before, but yeah. you will. There's two types of horrors for me. There's the hide behind your hands one, and then there's horrors like this. Fun horrors, yeah. Yeah, fun horror. Yeah, and I love them both equally. Yeah, well, I probably prefer the fun ones just because don't cry during them. Let <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of a scary horror, um, should we talk about Talk to Me? Talk yes. to the hand, because it has been embalmed. What does that mean? That's what the hand is in. It's been embalmed. It's in, like, the oh. balm. Oh, right. Clever. Yeah. That was a, that was a witty, witty joke. So this film is about... Set in America. Set in, <laughs> set in America, America, according to Katie. Full of old fogies. <laughs> um, no. Um, I don't know how to describe it. So they have this weird hand. This is the easiest one of them all to describe. And you hold the hand and say, talk to me. And then you see a weird ghost. And then say, I'll let you in. Or. And the spirit. Or a not weird ghost. Doesn't all have to be a weird ghost. ghost. One of them was a dead mum. And then it comes inside and it's all like. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. You have just described this film as you, you just let this, a weird ghost come inside with no context. You explain it. The ghost possesses you, um, doesn't come inside, which is a very different way of saying it. Well, it comes <laughs> in a way. <laughs> um, you carry on. I'm staying quiet for a minute. Yeah, and then basically the golden rule is don't let the don't let the possession last for more than ninety seconds, uh, otherwise they will want to stay forever. The main girl Mia, 
uh, has a go. They can't get the hand off her for more than it, she goes. It goes like hundred seconds or something, and so like she kind of starts to get gradually possessed. Oh. Weird shits happening, but then her best mate's younger brother really wants to have a go. A couple of days later, and the her, his older sister's like, no, no chance. And then she leaves, and then Mia's like, okay, but only for fifty seconds. But then he gets possessed by seemingly possessed by the spirit of her dead mum. So she wants to talk to it, but then it's actually a really evil spirit who just keeps making the kid try and kill himself, and it goes well over 90 seconds, and... It, yeah, oh, it's, it, that's that's really disturbing, that scene, to be fair. Oh, He's awful. just... He is twatting his head off everything in range. Um, awful. And then from there, the film kind of slowly, you know, you get the possession stuff, you get all that. Um, and I think the first two acts were really good, and I think the third act lost me a little bit i was unsure all the way through this to be honest were you i actually really enjoyed act one and two mm, i just felt like it it was uh i don't know a bit like i didn't it's hard to explain so they just seem to have these weird parties with the hand mm. and it's all what are they like early 20s no i think they were technically a high school were they not well, well, exactly. They, they probably looked early twenties, but we'll play probably yeah. I think the one, I think younger. the one massive geezer. I think he was like an older friend. Yeah. Of someone. Well, they were playing huge, quite but... young characters. Sixteen-ish, seventeen-ish. I, I don't, I don't know Australian high school ages, but yeah, like, yeah. Let's say. I just found it a bit weird that they were just weak, like every every night having. Just I don't know, all having these possession parties. Well, no, they had two, didn't they? Re- well. Yeah, the people who had the hand seem to always have a possession party, but and everyone, no one seemed to be afraid of it at all. But then I don't know. I suppose that's just the pressure. Well, yeah, but I think I think it was like once one person had a go and then came out laughing because like it, they yeah, were it funny. Yeah, like it had never gone wrong ever before. Obviously, like so. one guy just got possessed by a really horny ghost at one point, and he was like humping the floor, and then the dog was licking his face, and he was like snogging the dog. So from that, I can see that is quite funny. Yeah, but when that scene happened, I was like, this is supposed to be funny, and I was, I was just finding it a bit weird. Well, but I think that's also the thing, isn't it? Like, because he's been possessed, so I think you're not supposed to be fully... I think the point of it was, like, you're supposed to never really be fully comfortable. Yeah. Because even when it, they're having fun and stuff, you know, this is... this is You should it's not be doing this. Yeah, yeah this suppose, is very yeah. bizarre and strange, and why are you doing this? Yeah, it just didn't strike any sort of tone for me. I don't know, I thought it was really suspenseful kind of throughout. I thought the opening scene was really, really good. It's like a one-shot of an older brother, I think, walking through a party, looking for his younger brother. Yeah. Oh, like, he's in a room, so he kicks the door down, pulls him out, still all one shot, and then everyone's filming him because this kid's clearly going through something. So he starts shouting at people, like, put your phones down, put your phones down. And then out of nowhere, the younger brother just stabs him in the head or in the, sh- in the shoulder or something because he, yeah. he survives on it. And then... Everyone runs off and then he stabs himself in the head. So he's obviously been possessed by a spirit before. Yeah, yeah I feel um, like I'm being a hater and I'm not mean to speak because I did actually enjoy it. I just, yeah, I just found it really strange but not in like a kind of creepy, suspenseful way. Well, I think for me, there's, there's a, again, spoilers. There's, um, like, you start to kind of doubt because she sees the, it's weird in the way she's possessed because like at one point she's in, she's laying in bed like top to tailing with her best friend's boyfriend. And she sees the woman who possessed her come into the room and start, like, sucking his toes. And then he wakes up, and it's just Mia sucking his toes. So, like, I liked the way of, like, she sees the possession, 
so she knows yeah, what has experience. been happening. Yeah, that I really like because I've never like, I've ever seen that before. Yeah. And then so from there on as well, you kind of start to doubt everything she sees, mm. which I liked. Like at one point, yeah. you think she's been talking to her dad, but it no sorry so she talked to her dad and then she goes into the no yeah no it was never a dad was it no yeah so she you think she's been talking to her dad and her dad's like said oh yeah your mum did kill herself sorry and here's a letter she wrote sorry for not telling you and then she goes into a room and her mum's in there and she's like that's not your dad and he starts banging on the door and then he busts in and starts strangling her but then her real dad hears something goes upstairs mm-hmm. walks into the room it just looks like she's choking on the floor so he goes to help but then she grabs a knife and like tries to stab obviously her possessed dad but it's now a real dad trying to help her and stabs him in the yeah. neck and at that point i thought it was really good and yeah. then everything from there kind of lost me yeah the third act was definitely the because worst because obviously the little brother who twatted his head on everything he's in <laughs> he's, he's in like a coma but his spirit is being like tortured. yeah just tortured by all these evil horrible spirits um and so she's like oh well, i need to kill him and put him out of his misery so she lures everyone away from the hospital basically all his family Walks in there with a pair of scissors to stab him in the head. Then decides she can't stab him in the head because she like she she had a good relationship with him and he looks just like him. So then instead she's just like, oh, I can't stab you in the head. I can't do this. I'll just throw you on the motorway then. And it's like, what? It really lost me at that point. What? what? Just, so she wheels him out. That's the Nobody craziest way to kill someone. Like, what? Fifty feet away. Oh yeah, she gets very well, very. There's just this easy just... path to the motorway from the hospital. Does she throw him in the road? Does she well, it, at first you think she's been thrown in the road, but then I think, well, actually, again, it isn't clear, which is another problem. And I think maybe that was like a, a choice, but I, I think, think it lost well, me. Yeah. I, think that, I think the whole film was so kind of out there and up and down. And yeah. like I said, for me personally, it didn't really strike any sort of tonal. It didn't hit the mark of any tone yeah. for me personally. So then to have a, what's the word, that inconspicuous ending. Yeah. Well, it, didn't, it just didn't work for me. I didn't hate the film. I did actually like it. I would watch it again. I hope they make a sequel. I just... Uh, well, they are. Oh. It's going to be called Talk to Me, but 2 is going to be oh, an yeah. actual yeah. 2. I, I just I, think it could have been better. Yeah, I like the ending that the ending came full circle and that when Mia was a spirit, someone pulled her... She, she got pulled towards another similar hand thing and like... Yeah. A bloke in a different country was like, talk to me, and obviously she'll get to possess him. Mm. Um, so I liked that, and I think that sets up a lot of interesting ways for this to go in a sequel. It's a really um, good premise, really good idea. Really good, pre- really good performances. The whole thing looks great. Um, I just think maybe, I just think the third act lost me because it just became a bit confused as to I like, yeah, it was confused. I didn't really understand her motivation anymore, I think was what annoyed me. Um, and there were just little character things in it as well that I didn't really get, like, she let her little brother go through this thing that obviously put him in hospital. But, like, the sister just seems to be, like, still a friend. Like, yeah. she's a little bit annoyed, but also, they, like, they just keep getting together and, and she's stuff. she's also and... clearly having there's something, some sort of undertonal vibe with her boyfriend. Yeah, Mia definitely fancied him. Or fancied yeah, if or she's he dead, fancies yeah. her. There's some vibe there. It's yeah. never fully explained or explored except for when she's randomly sucking his toes. Yeah. It's not her, but you know. Well, I mean. yeah, and it, I mean, horror can be vague. Obviously, like some yeah. some great films are vague, but I just I think you always have to kind of understand why people are doing what they're doing. Mm. And I get that she was trying to save him. That I had no problem with, but then just like being like, oh, "I can't do this. I'll throw you on the motorway." That to me is crazy. Yeah, you just you just unplug all the machines in his room or something. Yeah. Like, or just put a pillow over his head. No way you'd go straight to. I'll wheel him out there. I would no one have no, seen then him. You had like... all that time as well to be exactly to doubt it. it. 
it brought up a lot of plot holes that I think earlier in the film d- d- done really well to avoid. Um, also, they I had think a that really exacerbated all the plot holes previously. Yeah, probably. well, maybe. Uh, uh, there was a very sound mum who I think deserves a mention. Well, very the funny mum, very very funny. funny. Really liked. Her. Yeah, the really good character. Um, and look, I, I I would be really excited to see a second one. I think it was a good film. Uh, I don't think it was as good as The Blackening. It doesn't win horror of the week for me. Um, but I'd wanted, give it. I just wanted more from it. I just feel like it. I say I feel like I say this a lot, but it. Oh, it could have. It could have been really good. It was such a good premise, and everything looked really good. The hand actually looked really good as well, which I think a lot of them mm-hmm. missed the yeah. mark of. And again. the effects it makes it less convincing, but it looked yeah. so good. It was just. It was so close to being really good. Yeah, it's worth saying that the effects, like when they were actually possessed, yeah. looked really good as well. Like it was just kind of like big bug eyes basically but yeah it looked good it did and it um, makes it all the more convincing i really wanted to like fully get invested in behind it but i just never felt like i got lost in it yeah that's fair see i think i was up until the third act i think mm. but yeah no yeah, I, I think i tapped out act two i'd give it i gave it a six out of ten i think i'd go 6.5 maybe mm. see i'd have to watch it again but yeah, I'll go 6.5. I was going to say 7, but I think I've talked myself down to a 6.5. Um, and I, But I would recommend it. Cause I, I think would it's, recommend it as well. Especially, obviously, we watched it at home on digital. I think it would be... I think it, it would have been a better experience film. in a cinema, yeah. Yeah, it's um, a I am, it, it was one of them where at our cinema it was like, oh, you, you want to see it? Good, it's on at 11. No, I don't want to go and yeah. see a film at 11. Crazy. Hmm. Um, right, that brings on to our yearly award winners. Now, we didn't do this last week, so that means that everything we discussed last week is game to be added in as well. Okay. Uh, so, worst trailer. Do any of our three trailers from this year make it in? Y- your choice, if you won't remember, because it's been a while. You did Expendables, <laughs> and I did Bird Box Barcelona, which I think <laughs> came out, by the way. Like, saw nothing about it ever again. Oh, no. Actually. Uh, no, no yeah, I'm happy to see Best trailer, you have still have Barbie, I still have Spider-Verse. Yeah, nothing's yeah. getting there for me. Uh, biggest disappointment, you have... Ma- oh, I have Mario, you have Luther, the Fallen Son, which was terrible. Um, oh, I'm, really, I'm desperate to have it out there, though, because I'm pissed off that we mention it every week. <laughs> what did we talk about last week? So last week, just for reference, if anyone didn't listen to last week's, we did like a summer blockbuster review. We talked about Insidious the Red Door, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, Mission Impossible, Barbie, Oppenheimer... Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, The Meg 2, and Strays. And so for me, biggest disappointment, uh, The Meg... Is The Meg a bigger disappointment than Mario? Because I had higher... No, I had higher expectations for Mario. I'm going to put The Meg in there. The Meg's going to be your biggest disappointment. Yeah, because I actually thought it was going to be really fun. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah, don't watch it. If you don't... uh, Go back and listen to our full review last week. So we get the clicks. But um, most pleasant surprise... I have 65, you have Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Anything Ooh. getting in there for you? I, I think... will add it in Sidious Red Dawn, please. Okay, and I'm going to change mine to the Blackening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, do I want the Blackening? No, Only you can answer that. Because I kind of expect, well, I did expect the Blackening to be really good. It was better than I thought it was going to be, but yeah. I did expect it to be good. Worst sequel tease, we both have Fast X because it ended on that terrible <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> Um, see, the interesting oh, thing about that is Mission Impossible did a, like also did a part one film and actually called theirs part one. Fest X didn't even have the balls to call it part one. And still, Mission Impossible parts, is such a more complete film. Well, yeah. 
Vin Diesel said it was going to be three parts. The studio never confirmed it, and then that one didn't make a lot of money. So I assume, I assume not. Jesus. Um, so, uh, did has anything had a sequel tease that I can think of? Indiana Jones didn't. No, uh, really. Non-memorable ones, either, anyway. So Turtles did, but I liked that one. I, I, did we even did we even get to the very end of the Meg two? No. Uh, no. Right. Okay. So that stays as that stays as Fast X, and it has to. Strangest moment. We both agreed on uh, the baby and microwave moment from the Flash. Yeah. Anything beaten? Anything beaten a superhero putting a baby in a microwave? I'm pretty happy to stay there forever, actually. I think that's going to make me laugh every week when I click on it. Because I've forgotten that moment exists because it's so stupid my brain just removes it. But now on a weekly basis I'm going to be reminded that The Flash put a baby in a microwave and James Gunn called it one of the best superhero movies ever. Just baffling. <laughs> Absolutely baffling. Uh, no, nothing beats baby in microwave. Worst performance. I went for adult Shazam because he's so uh, irredeemably annoying. And you've <laughs> gone for Don Terrell. We've both just named the characters as well rather than the actors, which at least is, I think that's nicer. Um... Yeah, Terrell staying there. Um, yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing beats. Everything I've watched recently has been good. That Shazam was so annoying. Fuck annoying. me. Uh, best performance. I had James Norton from Happy Valley season three. He's finally coming out, uh, and he's been replaced by Robert Downey Jr. from Oppenheimer. Oh, uh, exceptional. And I think you're going to change yours, and I think I can guess who you're going to change yours to. I knew you were going either side. Of the, <laughs> we're going either side of the best supporting actor debate. <laughs> um, that is going to be can interesting. You put brackets, Ken? I can put brackets, Ken. Yeah, I think we all know what we're talking about. Uh, worst, oh, worst film. We've both put Luther. The Meg Two is worse. I'm going to have to change mine to the Meg Two. That was such a shit film. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, anyone involved in the Meg Two, but. <laughs> I'm happy you to let yourself well. down, Meg. Two for both of us. Wow, we're agreed on the worst film of the year. That is rare. And then best film, we're both agreed on as well. Actually, at Spider Verse. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that there. Oh, does Oppenheimer make it in for me? <gasps> Ooh. <sighs> it's tricky because Oppenheimer probably is the best film I've seen all year, but it's not my favorite. This is what I was saying to you, like. Barbie versus Oppenheimer. I would watch Barbie every week. I would. I won't watch. Well, I probably will watch Oppenheimer again. Mm. I'm gonna stick with Spider Verse because that it was so good. But that was that was very close. Uh, and so that concludes our hot seat of yearly award winners. Uh, at the end of the year, we will do a show where we announce them formally and you know invite everyone down. It's gonna be great when Dom Toretto comes down in person to accept his worst performance of the year award. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this has been Lord of Old Waffle. These come out every Tuesday and every Thursday we do a drink along commentary. Uh, this Thursday's is High School Musical. Uh, it would have been Expendables, but Katie fell asleep whilst recording it, uh, which uh, doesn't. Don't, let's put that in there as the worst film because that was boring as fuck. Honestly, I was quite enjoying it. Quite enjoying it. Uh, we'll never know how that ends now. Well, never know how that been ends. Mad at me all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we might. We'll probably try and get back into. Uh, Drunk debates as well, which will go up sporadically on Wednesdays. Sporadically, uh, so just loads of midweek content, you lucky devils. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And we will see you on Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Have a nice week. Goodbye. <laughs>